0: the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k 24 myself mamuti a long time It's always the one and only mr bj armstrong bj how you been brother
1: oh beautiful mo real name no gimmicks beautiful day <laughs> speak for yourself play, yes the, the, <laughs> speak for yourself
0: yeah. it's oh, far from oh. beautiful here in the uk my brother
1: some days mo it just gets a little tougher to see it but you know what you know excellence doesn't have a choice <laughs> excellent doesn't have a choice bro so we gonna find a way you know
0: always we gonna find a way so uh but no what's going on all right man well you know we got the end season tournament uh games we're just recording this before the games get underway okay. um so i'm looking forward to them and obviously the pacers are taking on the celtics tonight And one standout thing to me from the start of the NBA season is the Pacers offense really leading the league in the pace and the amount of points they score every game. And over the weekend, that was a topic of discussion. Well, I say the weekend. Um, It was just you know Sunday night when there was no NBA games on, so that there was no back-to-back in the in-season tournament, if you're wondering why there was no games. Um, But a big topic that fans and media people were talking about was the rules of the NBA. Uh, Nate Jones, who I believe is Dame Lillard's um, agent or marketing expert or whatever you want to describe him as, he said on Twitter, the NBA is really going to have to change some of these rules. Offenses are too good and the game has gone homogenized." Now, it's interesting to me um, that fans are now starting to come around to this opinion because... For the last few years, they've loved the high-scoring, high-powered offenses that the NBA regular season provides. The NBA, although it is basketball, it is an entertainment product. So a lot of the rules have been structured to give an advantage to the offensive player. So I was thinking about some rules, and BJ, I wanted to get your takes on them to see if bringing them back or changing these particular rules would be good or bad for the NBA. Uh, You've Mm -hmm. obviously played in an era in the 90s where things were slightly different um, to to the game today. And so the first thing I wanted to ask you about is do you think that the NBA should allow hand-checking? No. Why not? Well, the the
1: reason being is, Mo, in that era and that time, you know, I just happened to play in that era where there was hand-checking. Mm-hmm. The physicality of the game or the the game became too physical. At some point, someone's going to get hurt. And as the athletes, because of equipment, training, so forth and so on, travel improve, diets improve. You know, you began to now have offseason coaches, weight training, so forth and so on. As the athlete and the conditions improve, you have to improve the rules of the game to protect the athlete. So if you start having a game where you're allowed to adhere or to um, you would encourage physical play, someone's going to get hurt, right? Injuries are a part of the game. However, you want to protect the athlete and you want to allow the athletes to play, perform, so that we, as fans and people who um, admire this game, will have an opportunity to see these players perform at their elite level or at their highest at their highest level. So you should not have hand checking just for that for that reason alone, because it, someone it will allow someone I think increase the chances of getting injured because of the physicality of the game and the way that game w- was played. So. No, I I I I am I am really confident in saying that no, you don't want to encourage more physical contact. However, you know, that was a different time. And there, I could see how you would want to do that.
0: Listeners who are newer fans of basketball, can you just break down to them what we mean when we say hand checking?
1: Well, that meaning you can you can physically put your hands on a player to impede their progress. Okay. The way the players are moving today and the way the game is played, you know, it's a little different now. The game would look different. Suddenly the scoring probably would have to change. It probably would encourage a game that would resemble probably what the game used to look like, where you had to actually move the ball from one side to the other. Because let me let me assure you this. If you put hand checking in the game, all that isolation basketball would be eliminated immediately.
0: There we go. You get back to team basketball. Well,
1: but here you go. We can. Leadership. One of the first things that's needed, Mo. In leadership is courage, the courage to share. The information. Isolation basketball, you can't win doing it. Now, players are clearly, clearly players are good enough. There are some players who are good enough to do it. Even the best player at some point, though, as they advance, they will have to share the basketball and play a a blended brand of basketball. Right. We're talking about. Sharing the game, Mo. It's it's December. We we're, we we we're, we don't have to get there. We're trying to get to the playoffs where people are trying to figure out who they are, what they are. Players are trying to figure out. However, Mo, no one has won the game in just isolation basketball. Mm-hmm. So we, as the caretakers of the game, it is our responsibility, and we must have the courage to, you know, in today's terms, you say, you know, you 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 want to, you know, you have to sell your players. What they what you say, you know, you want to. You want to sell your team on this is how we should play. Well, well, if you if you study the game, you'll realize even the greatest of scores, they had to figure out how to incorporate their individual skill set into it into a team framework. So I don't think it's anything true. It's just a matter of now, Mo, all of us, when I say us, the adults and the players, we have to have the courage to coach them. Like, no. There's a time and a place for isolation. However, the the way that it's being utilized today, Mo, I would say that there it is tipped to scale now where actually team basketball is probably in the minority of, of when you watch a game. Because now yeah. isolation basketball appears to be that's the way the game is played, which I would argue maybe we should do something about it. Because I don't know how fun that is to watch, or whatever. I just I like to see. Teams play like a team. That's why I love the NBA. Yeah, and that's why it's great to see
0: Denver winning because they play a very team-oriented style of basketball. It's not too much isolation. Um, And, you know, there's still some teams, the Golden State Warriors, they play great team basketball as well with lots of player movement, lots of ball movement. The next rule that I wanted to talk about, the three-point line. Now, for those of you who don't know, the corner three in the NBA is actually so-called the easiest three-point shot. Because if you look at the three-point line on an NBA court, they square off at the corners, right? So in FIBA basketball, Olympic basketball, the three-point line is a semicircle. Whereas in the NBA, it's kind of straight, and then it loops around to be a three-point line. So the distance um, for the corner three is a lot shorter. And now teams are trying to manufacture these corner threes. You have guys whose roles are to go out there, play defense, and then stand in the corner and just shoot those threes. How would you feel about the NBA rounding out the three-point line to resemble the international style of basketball and making those corner threes uh, percentage-wise a little bit more difficult?
1: You know, every every league or, or every organization, right? We're talking about the NBA. They have their own thing that allows you to say that's the NBA brand of basketball. There's nowhere else in the world where... You have the rules of the NBA that's played and matched by the best athletes in the world. Other than in the NBA, that's what makes it special. FIBA has their rules. The NCAA has their rules. I think High the NBA basketball. is the only
0: rule only league where they have the squared off corner so, three pointers. Exactly, and I and, and and that's
1: beautiful. That's great. And I don't touch it. What should be is what can we do to improve the integrity, the integrity of the game? What can we do to improve the integrity of the game, right? So in my opinion, we're always concerned about the optics. What does it look like? (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, where's the highest percentage shot? Like, Like corner three. Yeah, like, so what can we do to improve the game? Like, when is the last time we've made a rule to, that, it, that we can say actually has improved the game itself. Like the 24 second clock to me improved the game. Yes. Okay. When they changed the lane to make the game, that improved the game.
0: What That's have we just, done to
1: improve the just game? Just for
0: newer fans, what did they do to the lane to change that? Well, they just widened the lane up. The paint you know, area. Because the, yeah.
1: uh, the, uh, the painted area here in the, in the paint here, and they made it wider to improve the 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 optimal spacing for the athlete or the modern athlete that improved the game the 24 second shot shot clock improved the game you know i would even argue that the three point line or the three point shot improved the game um, because of the spacing that it created you could have more spacing for your interior players to operate and perform however now that has been taken away because now we've we don't even go inside, with the exception mm-hmm. of a few players. So that's even change. So when I look at rule change, I go, "What's going to improve the game? What's going to improve the integrity of the well, game?" Which...
0: Rounding the three point line would stop teams from hunting those corner threes. So would that improve the game? Well, when
1: you teams? when you look at when when you look at all right again if you have a round three, a square three, or whatever from the corner, in every offensive set, you can. Only, there's only so many places you can go on the floor, mm-hmm. okay? It is critical, Mo, especially in today's game, with the size and athletic ability and the way we play the game currently, where else are you gonna go that you're gonna have the proper spacing to run the floor if you don't have someone in the corners? So whether you have a round three or square three or whatever, someone's going to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so the round three, all that does is it makes it a little bit further away, makes it a lower percentage shot. Okay. So just but, in order,
1: and, but in order to do that, then you got to change the dynamics of the court. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you would have to change the dynamics. Well, you're not going to do that. Why? Because you're not going to take away seats in the corners. That's money. So while we're changing all of these things, you gotta think about the economics of the business. So everything that we do, and this is why I said what I said at the beginning, what are we doing to improve the game? That means we have to address the basketball business and then the business of basketball. Once you start tinkering with the courts and the dynamics, then you gotta change the seats. Now you're gonna either eliminate seats, eliminate fans, push people back, so forth and so on, because these athletes, believe it or not, they're getting bigger. They're getting taller. Mm-hmm. At some point, Mo, my goal and my dream will even be realized where you'll have 10 seven footers on the floor. Well, Mo, w- w- they got to stand and be somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK. And, the, and those okay. cool side
0: seats are the most expensive in the house.
1: A- exactly. So while we're sitting here, once you put 10 seven footers on the floor, Mo, the court suddenly is going to become really, really small. And we're going to have to figure that out. Now, I don't know what they're going to do, but Mo, right now you can see that in some cases when you watch teams play, when they have like four or five, seven footers on the floor, you could see how small the game becomes. When you have Giannis, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Brooke Lopez, Lopez and all of these guys on the floor, suddenly the game gets a little small because you just have this length on the floor. And at some point they're probably going to have to increase the size of the court at some point. I don't know when that's going to happen, but at some point they're probably going to have to.
0: That makes sense. Well, um, one thing that I would like to see changed in terms of the rules is the referees blowing the whistle so often for the smallest fouls in the world, because there are fans of the NBA who only tune in to watch the games during the playoffs. And what do we talk about when it comes to the playoffs? It's a more physical brand of basketball. um, And the players are allowed to get away with more without being blown for fouls by the referee. And I've just been watching some of the most ridiculous foul calls I've ever seen, some of the most outrageous flops I've ever seen. Do you think that a referee should blow the whistle less on some of these ridiculous flopping nothing fouls?
1: Well, you know, well, I've shared this with you and our listeners that I grew up in a household where my father was a referee. Mm-hmm. So I'm biased towards the referees. And it's one thing that, you know, my dad displayed every time he officiated a game. And he did this for over 40 years, by the way. Is he always wanted to get every play right. He wanted to give the kids a fair shake. Now, the rules are the rules. However, you have to take it into the human error. Mm-hmm. Just like players have bad games, it's possible for referees to have bad games. So for me to place blame on the referee, yeah, I, I'm not gonna go a cop out like that. Listen, sometimes you get away with something, sometimes you don't. And Mo, I've gotten away with a few files in my career. Believe yes,
0: but but <laughs> if you were playing today, you wouldn't be getting away with those fouls. Uh, well, it,
1: it, and it's one thing I will say about the athlete of yesteryear, because you know, I love to hear when people say back in the day, like it's a it's a totally different game. It's one thing that I know about athletes, a premier athlete, they will adapt. The athlete will adapt if the if the game is being called tight, I will adapt. If the game is being played and refereed it a certain way, I will adapt to that. That's what a premier athlete does. I'm a professional athlete. At one point, I was a professional athlete. So it's easy for me now to say, oh, that's not a call. Every night, Mo, was a different whistle, believe it or not. (laughs) And every night provides a different challenge for a professional athlete. That's why they call it professional sports. Every night will provide a different challenge. So if you are who you say you are, you will adapt. Okay, guys, all I ask in any situation is the consistency. If you're going to call a foul on one end, just call it on the other and I will make the proper adjustments. Mm -hmm. But if, if there isn't consistency in the whistle, then and only then do I have a problem with it. For the most part, Mo, I don't have a problem with an official because Mo, I've had some bad games in my career.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've never had
1: an official who came up to me and said, Hey man, can you play better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mo. And as I watch games today, there's a few players who have bad games today, right? Know, okay,
0: I'm not calling them out by name, but okay. But do so, you when you watch the game today, do you see more flopping than you did when you played? I today's player is taking advantage of the rules.
1: Today's player is taking advantage of the rules. Now, if the referee doesn't call the flopping, the flopping will stop.
0: It's just. But this, it, but this is what it, this was my original point it is it because is the play, players, because flop, the, referees, the ref calls a foul, and I'm saying the ref shouldn't call a foul for those flops and reward them. Okay, that's that's an opinion. However, if you
1: exaggerate whatever the contact that was made or supposedly was made. Okay. If you exaggerate that, you're forcing the referee to make a call. However, it's an easy fix. Don't call it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And and that's, again, that's the rules committee. I'm not going to step on my, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes here because I've said this for 25 years. When are we going to improve the game? Mm -hmm. Just improve the game because like,
0: this is what I'm saying. As a fan, when you watch the games and you see guys, you know, driving for a layup and then just flopping away from the hoop rather than, you know, trying to go strong at it. And then they're rewarded with the ball back from out of bounds or they're rewarded with free throws. It is making the game worse. I think right that flopping well, should have the, the, an even harsher punishment. It's now an the, un, a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul. We, we made but. a
1: decision. We made a decision more as a league because the fans, right? We want to see more scoring. Who wants to see the Detroit Pistons versus Chicago Bulls 75 to 77? Oh, yeah, they, they yeah. Made it. That's why they uh, took them to uh, Paris last no, year. <laughs> no, no. They, they, they did a survey with the fans. Oh, man. Who wants to see that? Who wants to see defense? Oh, now all of a sudden we Me. want to see guys playing defense. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to flop. Like, what else is they can do? You can't impede their progress. You can't touch them. So what else can you do? Like, Mo, you're at a significant disadvantage on the defensive end in today's game. Mo, we, we're seeing games over 150 points in the regular season. So we're getting exactly what we want. Why? Because people want to see scoring. Oh, man, this guy put up crazy numbers. This guy's the greatest scorer. No, but this since-
0: is what I said at the start of the show is fans are now starting to want to bring back the purity of the game and not see the ridiculousness that scoring has become?
1: Well, if you want to do that more well, first, let's, let's have a discussion because when I listen to games, you know, when I listen to, for instance, Hubie Brown, mm-hmm. that's an, he gives you, if you really want to learn about basketball, I would encourage all people to listen to Hubie Brown because that's a masterclass in the game. However, today's game, Bo, and I joke with you all the time. I just want to talk about what happens on the court.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I, <laughs> Hubie Brown to me is what represents the NBA. Now, what we talk about is everything off the court is what represents the NBA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So if we make a decision to talk about the NBA, there's Hubie Brown, there's Hubie Brown people out there who can Educate, talk about the game, and we will be proactive in encouraging people. This is what the game should look like. However, Mo, every time I look on social media, the thing that I see getting most of the attention is the crossover, the step back, such and such is having said this about such and such. So-and-so is the greatest. He's the GOAT. Such. I mean... Like, if you really want to know what this game is, just listen to Hubie Brown. He's just one example. And there, believe it or not, when I came into the league, there were tons of people like that. Now, Mo, it's it's few, far and in between mm-hmm. because we're talking about everything else except what happens on that court. And okay. that, Mo, is that's the discipline that I am ad- trying to maintain is let's talk about the game.
0: Let's talk, let the game be the story. Well, that, that is what we're doing here. Um, yeah. Oh, talking yes, about how, yes, how we sure. can improve the game. Another rule that I've been thinking about is the gather step, which I think the NBA implemented in about 2009, which essentially gives you basically three steps for a layup or dunk mm-hmm, rather than mm-hmm, two. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times you watch someone like a James Harden, stepping back and you look at his step back and you think surely that's a travel or you watch LeBron take three steps on his way to a layup and think that's a travel, but it's actually legal under the NBA rules. But do you think getting rid of that gather step and going back to just two steps in, in how basketball was invented well, would well, be a positive?
1: Again, well, I'm coming to admire and appreciate the athletic ability and skill of these players and the
0: creativity as well.
1: Yes. I'm not here. I want to see all the players adhere by the same rule. If that is the rule that we will, as long as player X, LeBron James, and the role player can get the same step, I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you start allowing one player to get the step and the other player not to, then to me, that's a problem. Now it's a flag on the play. So I don't have a problem with the game because it's always been that way. I want to see these players play and I want to be entertained. I want to see excellence. I want to see all these things. If three steps is what it is, three steps is what it is. I just don't, I don't want to see one player
0: have a significant advantage over the other though. Okay. 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 How about this? The defensive three second rule in saying that a player can only be in the painted area if he's guarding an offensive player who's in there and he cannot be in there for longer than three seconds if that were to be changed how would it impact the game on the court of the NBA well if you change that like
1: Europe then suddenly now the defense has an advantage right because of the athletic ability of the players however I want to see players play where there is no help defense when I see help defense you know like today you can play a zone and all those things, mm-hmm. to me, that's what makes the NBA game a special game. Is because now it's mono, mono, mano.
0: So you do like I the would. isolation.
1: Well, no, I don't like the isolation. I like the aspect. <laughs> I like the aspect of of saying the following. I want to see a man-to-man defense. Yes. Okay. That to me is the, that's the that's the purest game. Okay. If you're going to help, help which will force the player to make the right decision. All of these gimmick defenses. (laughs) I'm not both. (laughs) I tell you every every show, real name, no gimmicks. I want to see the matchup. That's why I love playoff basketball. Why? Because you can run in the regular season, Mo, and I can do all these gimmicks and the and the once i have time to put together a game plan and my t- team has it has a chance to really isolate and figure out we will find the weakest defensive player on your group mm. we're going to find that and we're going to target that person and any weakness that you have will be exposed however that's why bo i think it's a cop out to do all these gimmick defenses because no one is going to win if you can't match up with the other team
0: yeah, I mean so we, we saw might as well defenses use... in the NBA final when the so Toronto Raptors you... went box and one, which is essentially four defenders playing zone and one player following Steph Curry around. So I I
1: I happen to be a firm believer of the following. You got to get a stop if you're gonna win. And you have you utilize the regular season to figure out what is your best defensive principles once the postseason starts. I'm not a person here that says, well, we got three quarters of the season to figure it out. No, every game is an opportunity to figure out in the regular season. If you commit to playing playoff caliber basketball in the regular season, once you get to the playoffs, Mo, you should be pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. Because what bothers me, Mo, is You hear teams have great regular seasons, and then once they get to the playoffs, they fall right on their face. It's Mm -hmm. because, Mo, they've been playing a gimmick all year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so if you're going to be good, Mo, you can't can't play consistently. You can't have consistency with a zone defense in the playoffs. Why? Because you can't rebound out of a zone defense. Mm -hmm. Can you mix it up? Yeah, you can mix it up. I'm not mad at that. We've been, we've been, we've been disguising man-to-man defenses forever in the NBA. It's just now we've legalized it, but we've been doing it forever anyway, right? Everyone had a form of zone defense for short stints, so the zoning one is nothing new. Wink, wink, in the NBA, we've mm-hmm. been doing it forever. However, now mo. Now, Mo, you're seeing things in the NBA you never, ever would adhere to. For instance, Mo, I've been in huddles. And if a coach wanted to challenge his team, he would say the following. Hey, BJ, you need a double tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you can't call it him. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was the biggest insult to any player with any level of pride. hmm Mo, you're playing. This is before the game starts. Okay, if a guy gets hot, hey, man, I might need a little help tonight, man. Such and such is hot tonight. Hey, he just got it going. That happens. Mo, when a coach asks, asks you that before the game starts, that's his sign of saying, you ready or not? hmm Okay, Mo. And that was the type of motivation that he didn't have to say twice. Oh, Oh, Mo, okay. Mo, you playing against BJ tonight. You need a double tonight, Mo? Hell no, nah. Mo's going to be like, okay. Mo's, that's exactly what Moe's supposed to say. <laughs> He'll say Hell then, nah. Now, Mo, that coach has put that battery in your back. Yep. And now it's time for you to go out there and play and Clumps. play with the energy is necessary. Mm. Okay. Now, now what you see coaches do now, Mo, let's go 2-3 zone. We can't guard him anyway. Now, mm. Mo, what he's basically saying is, you guys, not one guy. You guys can't guard them, and the only thing we can do, Mo. And I see this all the time, and I think, God, I wonder how that would really, how that would really work in a, in a, in yesterday's locker room if our coach said, "Hey, let's go to a two-three zone." <laughs> Mo, hey guys, let's play a two-three zone. And I and I think about that all the time. I go, Ooh, that wouldn't go over too well. Yeah. There was nobody that I ever played with that what mo you can your butt kick you still didn't surrender to the fact that you needed a double team in most cases mm-hmm. so it's just a, a new way of thinking however i'm seeing coaches now bail out their teams and that's why you don't see defensive
0: that's why you don't see a lot of defensive teams but anymore. like when we see that happening everyone praises it like Eric Spolster will pull out some sort of zone so that he can hide Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson. And everyone goes, wow, Eric Spolster is an, an amazing coach. He's the best coach we got in the league. So which one is it then?
1: You know, coaching is about adapting. Now, to Coach Spolster's credit, to his credit, you got to coach your team. Now, if you are with this team and you have players who can't defend and you were just stubborn to saying, this is how we used to do it in the old days. Then Mo, I don't think that's coaching your team. If you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I'm saying there are a lot of coaches probably want to play a different style than they're actually coaching today based on the personnel that you have. Now coach Spo has players. If he's going to get the most out of this team, he's going to have to play a a different defense because some of those players, Mo, can't defend individually. That's just Mm -hmm. a fact. So there's a fine line between there, Mo, of saying, I'm going to coach my team or coach what I want. I, I got to coach the guy what he can and can't do. And if you have a player who is willing to give you the energy, but he doesn't have the ability to do it, then Mo, that's great coaching. So, I applaud Coach Bowl. However, knowing Coach Bowl like I do, I can tell you this. I know he prefers to play man-to-man defense. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I know he prefers, like most of us would prefer that. But if you don't if you have a team that can't do it, then coach the best way you can and give your
0: give your team an opportunity to win. That's coaching. Okay. Well, one thing that you mentioned um with one of the previous rules, like the gather step, you just want to see the game called equally, right? So mm-hmm. the superstars and the role players get the same level of pull from the referees. One thing that brought to my mind was moving screens because there are certain Draymond Green players in the NBA um, and certain teams, Golden State Warriors, who get away with far more—sorry, <laughs> um, who get away with far more moving screens than anyone else in the league. Do you think the refs should be stricter on calling those moving screens um, well, because some of them are egregious? Well, let me tell you this, Mo. There,
1: there is like uh, again the thing that I love about a team. Just like let's take M.A. Doka, the latest, okay. Mm-hmm. Emmy Doka is trying to change the culture down in Houston. Now, he said something was fascinating. Now, everyone's going to focus in on the little skirmish between him and LeBron, right? Everyone's focusing in on that. As a basketball person, the thing I'm focusing on is he said the following. How can we let a team who's not known for their physical play be more physical than us? Yeah, he he said, didn't say... So he said, how are we letting them punk us? Okay, I, I, I used to turn physical. <laughs> but <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> now, now, Mo, here's the thing that's fascinating to me. Your reputation precedes you mm-hmm. when you step out there on the floor. If you are known as a physical player and a physical team, that brand of basketball will be allowed to play because that's how you play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So every night, Mo... I tried, some nights I was more successful than others, I tried to be the most physical player at my position. Why? Because then the referees will say, that's just how he plays. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. If you are a team where you have the reputation of being a less physical team, and you suddenly try to be physical, that's out of character. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that, eBay said, wait a minute, hold on. We are trying to establish our reputation as the most or one of the most physical teams in the NBA. So Mo, what I mean by this is the following. If if I ever go back to the other side, there's three things I'm going to do with the team. We're going to be
0: the best condition. By, by the way, for league. you guys wondering what the other side, BJ not becoming so, a Jedi. Yeah, no, He's yeah, talking no, about going and working for an NBA back, team. If, 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 yeah, if I ever go back and work for the NBA team,
1: there were three things I would establish. I'm going to be. I'm going to have our team. We're going to be the best physical condition team in the league. We're going to be the hardest working team in the league. Okay, and and and, and we will. I say we be the best condition. We would be the hardest working
0: team in the league. And I will establish the best media presence in okay. the league for that team. Okay. Whoever, whoever's and, listening and wants to hire BJ. And
1: we will play harder. <laughs> and the third we will play harder than anyone else. Yes. Hardest working, best condition, most physical team in the league. Okay. Those are my three things. That's the culture that I would want to establish from day one. Now, when the referees call us for cheap fouls, I can live with that because Mo, we're going to be the hardest working, most physical team, mentally and physically conditioned, and we're going to be the best condition. We're going to no one's going to be in better shape than us. Does that remind you of someone? That reminds you of the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's who they are. Once you establish that, Mo, people will say, well, Mo just plays physical. That's just how Mo plays. That is and now you plays. get that call. Now, let me tell you something about the Warriors. You know why I don't have a problem with the Warriors getting that call? Why? Because they're the one, they are perhaps the best screening team in the NBA. And guess what people say? Well, that's just how they play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, suddenly, if you saw, I'm not going to call out any names. If you saw other players trying to set screens like that, They would call it immediately.
0: Yes, everyone.
1: And you know what I love about it is then we we automatically go to we go. Steph Curry is the best conditioned player in the NBA. You see how this guy moves around screens, Mo. We even we 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 encourage the behavior. Well, he's the best (laughs) conditioned athlete. Well, somebody got to be setting a screen for him. (laughs) You see what I'm saying, Mo? Yeah. So so let's write this down, Mo. We're going to be the best conditioned team. We're going to be the toughest team mentally and physically. And we're going to be the and we're, we're going to be the hardest workers in the NBA. I can I I can assure you that if you can assure your fan base that, Mo, that fan base is going to say, you know what? Hey man, we bring it every night. Mm-hmm. We're going to work hard. We're the best condition, and we're hey, hey hey Mo. We're the most we're the toughest team mentally and physically in the league. I can live with the results on that. You know what I can't live with, Mo? is when you see guys not giving an effort. When you see guys playing a little soft. When you see guys getting, you know, an M.A. Doka's term, you know, that team's not even known for their – Yeah, they're not even known for their physicality and they're being more physical. Now, that I can't accept. Mm -hmm. And, and see, that to me is what basketball is all about. Mm -hmm. The winning and losing is just the byproduct. I want to see that. Every night. Every night, Mo, I try to bring that. That's called professionalism. And I can live with it. That's why I have so much respect for the Miami Heat. Because, Mo, it's not about talent. Because if it was about talent, they wouldn't be getting to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So what are they doing that the other teams are doing? Should I say it again, Mo? Well, because it's well, well. clearly... It's clearly they have a formula,
0: well, it, and it, it works. We've almost adopted that formula. We are the hardest working podcast. Yes, we are the strongest mentally conditioned podcast. We're the, the toughest. We're the toughest. The, the, the toughest. toughest the only yes. part that's laying us down is my conditioning right now. But I'm working. And, on it. and, and Mo, <laughs> when I called you today, Mo said he was in the gym. So oh, been, I know he's
1: working on this in the gym. I've been getting his so, shoulder fixed.
0: Getting ready for the you, summer.
1: When you can, when you know that Mo. That to me would be my final step because, Mo, if you have talent and those three things show up every day at the gym, I'm going to win my fair share of games. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Mo, with a little luck, a rebound bouncing this way and that way, we will win the whole thing mm-hmm. because, Mo, you're the best conditioned team on the floor. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Coach Carr. <laughs> so I, 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 I abide by that i look for that. And you know what, Bo, that, that's what gets me excited. When I see a, a well-conditioned athlete, now I got a chance. Well, I didn't even say who's the best player. When I see a well-conditioned athlete, say mm-hmm. what you want to about like Dennis Rodman. He was the best conditioned athlete on the floor, one of. So watching Steph Curry, everyone talks about his shooting. You know what's most remarkable about a guy?
0: He runs more miles per game. <laughs> he he could lift more than nearly every player his size. People don't know that. See, Mo, so that
1: to me is what separates him. Yeah, Mo. If you were, if you're open, if you and I were open in the gym and we just practiced shooting open shots, we'd shoot a high percentage too. Yes. The fact that Mo that he can get open to shoot, that to me is what separates him. With a whole defense else. focused on him as well. Yeah, Mo, that, do you realize what kind of condition this young man has to be in to be able to do that night in and night out? Now, Mo, he's in superior condition
0: to get open. And 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 he's 35 years old now, right? This is when I'm and this is, is another saying. conversation, but LeBron being so good at his age has kind of normalized what Steph and KD are doing at their age now. But what they're doing, like Steph Curry doing this at age 35. Is insane. If LeBron never existed, think about the conversations that people will be having about Steph Curry doing this at 35 years old right now.
1: Well, well, well you know, Mo. The, the thing that here's the thing. I was I was thinking about this. I was watching players, and I was like, I was like, wow, it's kind of amazing that these players are playing so long. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? It's compared to in our era, and I, and I, and I was like, I wonder how come. And the reason being is because they have way more opportunities to reinvent themselves in today's game than we did. Like, like Bo, if you were if you came in this league as a one or a point guard, once you weren't able to do that anymore,
0: yeah. I, Mo, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, look you, at
1: Brooke you, Lopez, you, look at Al Horford. You, like the, the, that's what I'm saying. Like, both, you have way more opportunities because of the way the game is played today to reinvent yourself. Like, for instance, you look at LeBron. I remember when that young man came into this league as an 18-, 19-year-old kid, and then to watch him play now as a power forward. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty fascinating. Mo, you go from, like, one to the two to the three. Now he's playing in a power forward. And some nights, when he plays against the Warriors, he may even be the small five. I mean, Mo, that's pretty incredible. Brooke Lopez, you come in as an offensive player on the box. Suddenly
0: now you're a stretch. Fighter. And he wasn't a good defender. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've, I've said that respectfully. He wasn't a good defender. And last year he was one of the best defenders in the NBA. Steph
1: Curry comes in as a point guard now to watch him as a. As Steph know, Curry.
0: That's, that's, Steph that's Curry. the whatever. No de- 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 Not
1: whatever position. That he is, is Steph Curry. Is whatever that is. So. The thing about today's game, why they, why why they are able to play for so long, is because they're able to reinvent themselves,
0: and also don't factor stay. in, you know, they have a whole new way of living. You know, yeah, yeah, private yeah. planes and, and uh, like, personal like, like, chefs yeah. and a masseuse for each player and X, Y, Z. And the science has improved, the medicine has improved, okay. the surgeries have improved. Well, but that's a whole yes. that's a whole another conversation. You but know, yes, we can talk about that. You,
1: If you're like, you're KD. KD came in this league as a a, really a big two, and now he's a four. I mean, whoa, like that just – so for me to think that two guards and all of a sudden 10 years later in his career, he's going to be a four. (laughs) Like that just didn't happen in that era. You stayed at your position because of the way the game was taught, played, and so forth and so on. So I think it's really cool that these players today are able to really, they can use their imagination. There's more room for them to create different lanes for themselves as they age. Because, Mo, listen, I can tell you this. I can tell you one thing about that guard position. Once your speed and quickness leaves, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. 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 So, these guys who start off as guards and suddenly become like power forwards, it makes sense to me, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone like, oh, wow, they're playing longer. They're better. Continue-. No, Mo, we just weren't allowed to do that. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? No, and, hey, great for this generation. However, in that generation, Mo, you 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 stayed at your position and you tried to hold that down for as long as you could. hmm you know what I mean? Yep. And but once you did lose a little speed and quickness at that position mode, Alan uh, Iverson was coming. And I've told you yep. that story. It was yep. the first time I saw Allen Iverson. I mm-hmm. said. Hey,
0: hey, Mo. <laughs> My re- re- retirement's looking pretty good right now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, right, hey well.
1: Mo. They couldn't slide me over to the two. And say, <laughs> you <know what?
0: laughs>
1: no, you couldn't run from that matchup, Mo.
0: That wasn't no, part can't. of
1: the equation back then.
0: You can't. But that's another episode of the Hoop Genius podcast. Make sure you join our Discord community, and we want to hear from you. What do you think about a change of the rules in the NBA, and what do you think about the longevity of the athletes now? Me and PJ we'll be back breaking down all things from around the world of the nba on another episode tomorrow so make sure you subscribe across youtube spotify apple and wherever you get your podcast from and in the meantime get buckets